Hello and welcome to History for Weirdos. We're your hosts, Andrew and Stephanie. And each week, we're going to take you on a journey into the strange, obscure, and relentlessly entertaining corners of human history. Now listen up, friends, because it's about to get weird. What's going on, weirdos? Welcome to episode number 55 of the History for Weirdos podcast. Always happy to be back here. We're always happy. I love speaking to you guys. <laughs> you can't see our faces. We can't see yours, but it always feels just nice. We can sense your presence. We can. For sure. Even though we're like staring at a microphone. Yeah. It's just the two of us facing a Yeti mic, but we can sense that you're here listening. Yes. Yeah. In the future, I guess. In the future. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's a weird I, I, start to I, the I know. I swear we have we are not on trucks. We are 100% sober. Yep, that's just that's just us. That's just us. Yeah. I mean, we are weirdos, so. Exactly. You came here for some weird stuff anyway, so you're welcome. Exactly. Well, this week it's Stephanie's turn and mm-hmm. I know this one's an interesting one. So, Stephanie, why don't you take it away? Yeah, this week I will be sharing the story of Purépecha Princess and legendary rebel Erendira. That's so cool. There's a lot that I have to say. So this week I'll be sharing, as I said, Erendira's story. She was a teenager who led a battle against the Spanish invaders in what is known today as Michoacán, Mexico. So I want to start this off by saying that the story of Princess Erendira's role as a heroine is based mainly on oral tradition. Oh, wow. Except for one book that was written much later in the 1800s and is therefore largely considered folk legend. So basically, we don't know which parts are fact and which are fiction. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even so, I think Erendira's story and legacy is so powerful that I thought the weirdo community would appreciate it. And so would she have been like 16th century? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. And as I'll touch on, I'm sure, throughout the episode, on a personal note, I think it's really interesting to study this history because it's the history of where my family's from. Yeah. And I have quite a few tias, aunts named Erendira, and I didn't realize that it was such a, such a like powerful name to have until I started to learn more about this this character. That's really cool. So, as I mentioned... Princess Erendira was from what is present-day Michoacán. Again, this is where my family's from. It's where my mom is from, and her parents' families have been there for a very long time. And just remind us, like, Michoacán in Mexico, like, where is that exactly? Like, it's kind of like in the the middle, but like on the the Pacific coast, sort of? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. Um, More specifically, she is from the city of Tzintzuntzan, which means place of the hummingbirds. Oh my god, that's amazing. Which I think is so cute. Um, I've been there and I got to see the Purepecha Yakatas, which are rounded pyramids. Oh my god. That's I got so to dope. see them in person. Um, they are their their tops are off. It's mostly the base of the Yakatas that are left throughout Michoacan. And that is because the the Spaniards took uh, the stones from these pyramids to make churches and um missionaries and stuff like that bummer 
I know that's so funny. Like, cause like when Rome became like Christianized, that's what they did. The Christians yes. did that to like pagan temples. Yes, yes, but it stinks because we today would love to see what these things looked like yeah. in, in their full glory, right? Oh, I know. I'm I'm sure you're gonna touch on it, but like my like one of the things I would love to have seen would have been like Tenochtitlan at its like heyday, mm-hmm. like around like roughly like 1500. Oh yeah. my god, that would be incredible. When we get a time machine, there we go. Yeah. And then fun fact that I just wanted to add about Erendira is that her name means the smiling one, which I think is so cute. That's a really cool uh, name. Yeah, I like it. Or cool translation. So some background on all the words that I just threw out there. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Tsinsunsan, the place of the hummingbirds, was the capital of the Purépecha Empire when the Spanish arrived in 1522. The Purépecha are a group of indigenous people centered in the northwestern region of Michoacán, Mexico. Historically, they're also known as Tarascan, but this term is applied solely by outsiders. It is the name that Mm -hmm. the um, Spanish gave them, and it's never used by the Purépecha themselves, so it's not really like the correct term to use. Is is like Tarascan, is that like, would that have been a Spanish word? Yeah, I think it was... To be like it is you throughout history you have heard that term more commonly used but I feel like it was originally a little bit of a pejorative mm. um, and we're now really shifting away from that term and using the the native word. Got it. Okay. Um, however, sopa tarasca Tarascan soup is really good. So <laughs> if you ever go to Michoacan and you see sopa tarasca on the menu, I highly recommend it. Well, what's in sopa tarasca? It's kind of like a tortilla soup, um, but it's just more with regional ingredients. It's really good. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so bummed we're not having... Actually, no, I am having Mexican tonight. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> You're having yes. a There we go. I was like, man, I really want Mexican food. Hashtag manifesting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the Purépecha, at this, you know, at the height of their empire, they occupied most of the state of Michoacán, but also some of the lower valleys of the state of Guanajuato and the state of Jalisco. Today, there are still Purépecha people, mm-hmm. and many live mostly in the highlands of central Michoacán, surrounding what is known as Lake Pátzcuaro. So it's a lot oh, that's of... That's the cutest name. Pátzcuaro. It's so cute. There's a really beautiful town called Pátzcuaro. That was the former capital of the empire before Tsinsunsan. Pátzcuaro is beautiful. Oh my gosh. Tsinsunsan's anyone... really small, isn't it? Tsinsunsan's super small. Today it's really small. Um, so is Pátzcuaro. They're both little towns. They're not far from each other. So okay. if, for whatever reason, any of you are ever in Michoacán, I recommend seeing both. Um as well as, obviously, the capital, Morelia, is gorgeous. I got to go just before the pandemic, actually. I went with my yeah. uncle and my aunt. Um, my family, like I said, is from Michoacan, but we haven't lived there for a very long time. They moved to the state of Guerrero when my mom was little. So I grew up mostly going to Acapulco, and I didn't get to go to Michoacan a lot mm. uh, because a lot of the political upheaval that has been taking place there pretty much my whole life. So I finally got to go, and I did get to learn more about this history firsthand, which is why I sort of reignited this interest in learning about it, and sharing it here felt like a great place to do so. Nice. I'll stop rambling. (laughs) Back to my other ramblings. 
So many folks educated here in the U.S., I think we often think of the Aztecs as the primary and dominant empire in Mexico during the time of the Spanish invasion. If Mm -hmm. not, kind of like the only Native people that were really like... Right. Maybe like Mayan Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, the Aztecs and the Mayans. But the Purépecha Empire was also very powerful at this time. And they actually were never conquered by the Aztec Empire. And they... The Aztecs never beat them in battle, the Purépecha. Nice. And the Aztecs are known as, like, a big warrior nation, right? Yeah, they were very invested in warfare. Yes, absolutely. But the Purépecha remained, you know, their own sovereign empire. Um, But as we know, the Spanish invade, and then things go really poorly for both of these people (laughs) from there. Yeah, that is one way of putting it. Mm -hmm. So let me get back into, now that we have some of the background, let me get into Erendira's story. So... In 1521, not a great year, a group of Purépecha emissaries set out on a journey to Tenochtitlan. Their mission was to just kind of enter into a dialogue with these Spanish conquistadores that they had heard about that had shown up and were making waves. You know, they were like, huh, maybe we should go talk to them and see what's up. Who are you people? Who are you? What do you want? What's going on? Oh, yeah. And just as like a, a little note for the readers or listeners... Tenochtitlan is now Mexico City and was the capital of the Aztec Empire. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I totally assumed that. Thank you for clarifying. Um, so they show up basically in present, from Michoacan to present day Mexico City. But what they didn't know is that these foreigners were in the midst of overpowering the Aztecs. Mm-hmm. So the emissaries are arriving and they see just fire and destruction engulfing the powerful empire of Moctezuma. Yeah. Of course, this terrified them, and they assumed that their people would meet the same fate, so they didn't. They decided not to go up and approach these invaders. They're like, yeah. they don't seem that nice. <laughs> yeah. So they turn back around, and they go to warn their ruler, and I'm, I actually have never heard his name before, so I'm not going to be great at pronouncing it, I think. It's Tangashuan. Yeah, I'm looking at the notes. I, I have no idea how to pronounce that name. There's a lot. There's so many languages in Mexico. something people don't often know. We just think of Spanish. But there's actually hundreds of languages. That's largely due to the various different indigenous groups from there. So a lot of... There is like Mexican Spanish in a way because it's a mix of indigenous words and Spanish words. Or it's like solely indigenous words. So some things I can pronounce better than others but i've never heard this dude's name before so (laughs) i totally butchered that and i apologize to my ancestors um (laughs) so the emperor is what i will call him moving forward there we go because that's easier and he hears what they've seen and he's like i think we should surrender wow (laughs) pretty quickly he's like let's just give up hoping to spare his people from suffering and from dying right Mm mm-hmm but he was not expecting one of his two daughters, Erendira, to refuse to go down without a fight. Oh, I yeah. like her. Mm-hmm. At this point, she's only 17 years old, but she's really loved by the people. And, uh, and she's also engaged to Nanuma, who is the head of armies. So he's kind of like their, um, their war chief. Yeah, what would that be like... Ugh. We have a position like that in the United States. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's general of the armies. Yeah. But then, yeah. He's like general... field marshal. He's like almost like a field marshal. Exactly. So 
her dad is, you know, the emperor, but this guy's really overseeing the warfare aspect of the tribe. So she pleads with her dad not to surrender, and he totally refuses to hear her out. So then she's like, well, you know what? My fiancé's in charge of all this stuff. He'll help me, but he doesn't listen to her either. Mm-hmm. So these two men that she really, you know, they outrank her in every sense, don't want to do anything about it. And at that point, you would think that she's just going to give up, right? Right. You would be wrong. We will see what happens. Nice. Let's go. <laughs> so at the request of his emperor, Nanuma surrendered to the Spanish. Ugh. The Purépecha then enter a quote-unquote peace agreement with the Spaniards, which was led by Cristobal de Olid. He was considered one of Hernán Cortés's bloodiest captains. Ugh. Fun fact, though. Okay. If you Google Cristobal de Olid, it pops up that he was a Spanish adventurer. Oh, no. <laughs> he was... That is not that's accurate. That's not accurate. That is one spin. And that's all I will say on that. So anyways, upset by the surrender, Erendira rallies a group of people around her who agree to fight back. This group sort of siphons off from the main tribe and they flee to the mountains to develop a strategy. Moving forward, there are many different versions of the story. So I'm just going to go with the ones, the threads that I found the most often. Mm-hmm. So for this episode, I'll share that the, the thread that Nanuma betrays Erendira's parents once she's gone and he kills them. Oh my god. He's hoping to ally himself with the Spaniards and gain control over the Purépecha region. Jeez. But unsurprisingly, the Spaniards go against the peace treaty, spoiler alert, (laughs) for history. They invade the area and they kill Nanuma in the process. Oh wow. Wow, like, you had a guy who was willing to basically be your puppet, mm-hmm. and you kill him? That's like, that's... He did help them defeat their own, his own people, and right. then they killed him. That's, that's insane. Like, even in ancient history, like, it, that just didn't happen. It's a dumb move. It's a stupid move. Yeah. He could have been, like, a great, like, figure to get people to be subservient to you, right? It's right. like a really messed up way of looking at it. Yeah. But they like, didn't even think of it that strategically, way. Strategically, that makes, like, v- no sense. Mm-hmm. Interesting. They brutally move on to massacring many Purépecha people, and they leave behind Christian missionaries to convert the survivors. Yeah, that's gonna go well. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So around this time when all this is going down, Erendira and her group are in the area that is today known as Santa Clara del Cobre, that is St. Clara of Copper. If you then and today, it has like a lot of copper in the region. Um, oh, that's cool. So if you go, there's like all these beautiful um, copper workshops and artisans. So that's the area that they're in right now. She hears that her parents die and how they died, and she decides, okay, it's time to fight back now. So her uh, at this point, legend goes. This one is like sounds more like legend that her people bring her a horse that they got from a Spaniard that Mm -hmm. they defeated. And without ever having been close to a horse before, because horses in the Americas came from Europe, Erendira is able to mount and ride the horse very instinctively. She's sometimes actually referred to as the first indigenous Mexican to ever ride a horse. Hmm. 
I mean, if the horse was like kind of like quote unquote broken in, it's not mm. without like. That's true. It, it, especially if it was like a tame horse. It was a nice horse. Like a nicer horse, like more easier to ride. Mm-hmm. It's, it's po- possible. It's very possible. Yeah. After this feat, she rallies her people into a frenzy and launches a prolonged um, guerrilla in English, guerrilla yeah. in Spanish. It's the same word. Uprising against the invaders, which is real. Again, she's a teenager. This is very impressive. Um, that oh, she's yeah. taking on the. I mean, they've taken down the Aztec Empire. They've mostly taken down her empire, and the fact that she still chooses to fight back for years. This goes on for years of, oh my of her and this group kind of hiding and then popping up and attacking and hiding and popping up and attacking. So after years of relentlessly fighting for her freedom and the freedom of her people, as we know, the uprising is ultimately unsuccessful. Yeah. And the Spaniards do conquer. So there are many versions of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, some say she went into exile. And then there's a little trigger warning here. If you could fast forward really quick. Because others say that she chose to die by suicide via drowning herself. Oh my gosh. To avoid surrender. Um, which feels like a really harsh way to go. That's a very harsh way. Mm-hmm. And then in one very propaganda sounding <laughs> version of the tale, she actually fell in love with a Spanish friar. And he convinces her to surrender herself. Interesting. Okay. This doesn't seem to track with like her behavior though and her mm-hmm. reputation. So I'm gonna say that's not canon. I'm I'm down with that. Uh, it was a Mexican writer who later wrote that version of the story, and I think it just f- sounded romantic to this dude. But I don't think it's romantic. Um, in another version of the story, this is like a, a local legend. Mm-hmm. Her people loved her so much that they don't want to. See to lose her to the Spanish, like they lost her dad. So they kidnap her and hide her away in a sacred temple where the Spanish were never able to find her. And oh. she's able to live out the rest of her days. I like that one. That's my favorite one. Because that's like kind of like mysterious. Like, that's cool, right? Yeah, where is she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where some is sort this... of like hidden temple Yeah, somewhere? where is this long lost temple we should go find of a Purepa job princess? Yeah, that would be so cool to find that. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. So sadly, no mention is made of what happened to her horse, though. Oh, because that is what we were all thinking. Yeah, where's the horse? Where the horse at, though? That's what I want to know. I know. I really do want a horse. I want a horse so badly. It's not even funny. We live in an apartment, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should mention we live in we an live apartment. We live in an apartment. And we have a bird and a dog already. We are already very irresponsible regarding our pets. Like, we have too many for this little place. But a horse does sound pretty cool. Oh my god, imagine just a horse like get, like just walking casually through our apartment. It would be terrible. It would be terrible. We volunteer with a horse sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have learned through this really cool volunteer experience. They do amazing work. But we've learned that horses poop a lot. They poop very much. Like you need to clean their stalls every single day. And every single day there's like a ton of poop. Right? There's a ton of shit, literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But we still love going. That's how much we love horses. Yeah. That's what we do. We go and we typically clean out the stalls. We brush the horses and then we take them out so they can play. Yeah, it's really cute. They like, they have this big ball and they like run around and they like. Toss it. Toss it. They're like mm-hmm. big dogs sometimes. Yes. They're like galloping all funny. It's so cute. Yeah. They're very, very cute. So if anyone wants to give us a horse, we probably won't say no. Oh my God. Please don't <laughs> give us a horse. 
Um, okay, well, anyways, back to our podcast. Oh, yeah. Back to the I forgot history. we were doing that. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you a bit about her legacy. Despite the Spanish conquest, her story and image remained part of Mexican lore and Mexican identity. Yeah. In the early 1930s, political figure Lázaro Cárdenas was governor of Michoacán, and he built a house in Pátzcuaro, and he named it La Quinta Herendira, the fifth Herendira. She had been a regional figure, right? People in Michoacán knew who she was because uh, a lot of people there have Purépecha ancestry. Like you. Mm-hmm. But as governor, and eventually he became president of Mexico, Cárdenas raised her name to national recognition. She became a national symbol of indigenous resistance to the Spanish conquest and this sort of resurgence in pride in indigenous ancestry. Um, which had not been present due to the, you know, colonization. So in the early 1940s, a former St. Augustine temple was turned into a public library and a famous artist named Juan O'Gorman. Oh my God. He's like you. He's like, he's like an Irish Mexican. Yeah. So I was like, who is Juan O'Gorman? Now I have to know everything about him. He painted a very honest yet graphic <laughs> oh god this is gonna be good history of the state of michoacan in right where this like catholic altar used to be which i think is very symbolic and he very prominently displays princess erendira riding her horse nice in this tale so she she's just a recurring um image figure symbol again there's also a film about her that was released in 2006 called erendira Ikikunari, which means Erendira, the untamable. I'm guessing that's not a Spanish word. No, that is not a Spanish word. Um, That would be indomable in Spanish, untamable. Oh, okay. So to this day, Erendira represents the spirit of rebellion and strong warrior women. Nice. And that's the end. Yay! (laughs) Thank you. My sources were... Only three, but they were really, really good sources. So if this sounded interesting to anyone at all, I highly recommend you check them out. The first source is... I've used this one before. I think you have too. Yeah. Rejectedprincesses.com. Mm-hmm. I think our very first episode, actually, Kudiyun. Yeah. Was... She, I found her on there as well. Yeah. The person who runs this website is incredible because I just started... I just noticed that they do all the artwork on that website. Oh, nice. If you go to rejectedprincesses.com, there is a very large catalog of rejected princesses, like these unknown um, royal female figures. And there there are these beautiful illustrations of them. And I just realized this person does them all and they have a Patreon and everything. I was really impressed when I figured that out. Um, And then the other source, this one is in Spanish. For anyone who is a Spanish speaker, Spanish reader, it's a really cool website called Mexico Desconocido, which is, uh, you know, .com, .mx, which is like unknown Mexico or, you know, Mexico that hasn't been discovered almost. And that website has really great history and cultural resources, as well as if anyone is planning travel to Mexico, they have a they have very, very curated uh, lists of like places to stay, things to do, what food you should oh, eat wow. in certain regions. Okay. Yeah, you can pretty easily translate the website on Google Chrome to English. 
if need be, because they're a very reputable source for travel and things like that. And then, of course... And princesses. And for princesses. Yeah. Obviously. And, of course, Wikipedia. Our favorite. Yeah, we would not have this podcast without Wikipedia. (laughs) Sadly, probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Steph. That was such an amazing episode. I Before today, I did not know about her. Yeah. I didn't realize that she was such a big and important figure in, like, Mexican history. Yes. And you're right. It is kind of like a travesty that when we think of, like, the Spanish conquest of mm-hmm. uh, the Americas, I shouldn't just say Mexico, but right. the Americas, it's the Aztecs, the Mayans, and the Incans, and that is it. But there are literally hundreds of other groups of people. Yeah, who had, like, distinct languages or, or still have, a, in Latin America, they're still very present, but, you know, distinct languages, culture, traditions, religions. Exactly. So there's a lot to learn there that we haven't. Um I will say also what's really interesting is the only sort of female figure that I ever learned about regarding the Spanish conquest of Mexico specifically was she's known as La Malinche. Oh yeah. I that's a whole nother story. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, we don't want to get her started. Or maybe some of you do, honestly. <laughs> yeah. She is she becomes um Cortez's wife and the mother of his children but she starts off as being a translator she just was a genius with languages Mm -hmm. she learned several native languages very quickly and then very shortly upon meeting the spaniards was able to learn spanish just without anyone teaching she was like a polyglot Mm -hmm. she just had a gift for like hearing and picking up languages so she served as his lucky i know what a cool skill i know it's like i've been learning spanish for like 10 plus years and it's still (laughs) just like very average at best. <laughs> I think it's way better than you think it is. Thank you. Um, but she is really the only female figure I'd ever heard of. And she's depicted very poorly throughout history, which I think she, she's a... This is not even a, a little bit legendary. She's actually pretty well documented. There's a lot of literature around her um, from that time. I think that's a very unfair portrayal. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of her and her situation. But... What was interesting was one of the sources that I found was talking about how Arendira is like, and I didn't want to put this in there, but like her foil, like there's the bad mm-hmm. woman and the good woman in the war. And I was like, no, I don't vibe with it's that. It's like, or they're just nuanced char- you know, characters in a geopolitical conflict that is very far reaching. Yeah. And they're their own people. And they're their own <laughs> people and they had very different situations, right? Right, exactly. It's like um, or it could or it could be that, you know? Or it could be that. So you know But you know what I'm listeners, glad we touched on that. Yeah, exactly. Listeners, you know, that's up to you. That's up to you <laughs> to decide. But obviously we don't have an inkling to one way or the other. We're so unbiased on this podcast, it amazes me. <laughs> Our ability to just objectively report and to stay on topic. Oh, just that's even more so. We're yeah. so good at that. We're so good at that. That's yeah. why you all listen, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But thank you, weirdos, so much for listening to another episode. I hope that you found that story interesting. And maybe, you know, fingers crossed, it sparked some interest in learning more um, about this history with you all. Absolutely. I mean, I found it super interesting. So oh. I'm glad you shared it. Oh, thank you, babe. Well, weirdos, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is at history for weirdos. I know, very complicated. <laughs> yeah, that's and... where we kind of like post our comings and goings. And if there's any big announcements or if for some reason 
there's something weird with the episode that week. That's where we keep everyone up to date. Exactly. If you want to just find what's most up to date with us and the podcast, you go there and that has everything. Yep. Yeah. And again, until next time, weirdos. Until next time, weirdos. Thank you so much. Please.